Well, good morning, everybody. It's October 11th, 2022. For some reason, my voice is a little squeaky today. I can't quite figure that out. Anyway, I'm Larry Jacobs. It's a pleasure to have you here today on this Tuesday morning. We've got uh, a lovely guest I'm going to meet for the first time. This is Jacinda Sumara, and Jacinda is going to tell me if I am pronouncing her name right. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice is squeaky today. I can't figure this out. Okay, uh, when I bring her on. Okay, she's the principal of the William D. Ford Career Tech Center in, in, in Western Michigan, and she's also director of the Early Middle College at Wayne Westland Community School District again in Michigan. We're going to talk a lot about career technical education, CTE, and equity therein and access to this type of education for all students. And she happens to be a real expert on it. I want to thank my friend Amanda Holdsworth for uh, getting this show together for me. Thanks, Amanda. Okay. And uh, we're going to archive everything over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our Consortium for Equity in Education. Everything we do, SEL, teacher retention, all our podcasts, our magazine, Equity and Access, which is an online journal. You'll see the cover over there. Everything's over at ace dash ed.org and i hope you all take a minute and go over there and see all the stuff we're trying to do over here all right so i'm larry jacobs we've got jacinda and i'm going to bring her on right now jacinda good morning how am i doing on your name am i right or wrong good morning larry you hit it just right just enough perfect perfect thank you it could have been hot cinda with a j-a at the beginning it could have been with that that soft a soft j yep yeah, so I, I wanted to be sure, okay. Uh, Westland, Michigan, where is Westland? I don't know where this is. Wayne, Westland, where is all this? Um, so Wayne, Westland is actually two cities, but they share a school district. We actually have um, students from uh, that attend Wayne, Westland come from five different school districts. Well, um, and we are is about it right 20 outside minutes. Detroit? Is it like, like Wayne County? Yeah, we're about or? 20 minutes west of Detroit. We are western Wayne County. Um, and uh, so what's unique about this is I'm actually principal of a building that pulls students from 16 different districts in West uh, West. Wow, Wisconsin. that's great. So that's I great. have a really incredible population with a lot of diversity. And I hope you have a lot of uh, young men and young women over there. Do you? We do. We, um, actually, it's been a really great year. So last year, my building, I was – this is my first year. I just completed my first year as principal last year when oh, I got congrats. here. This building great. was serving was serving about 650 students. So I made a big push this year um, on really communicating with these districts that um, can, can send students here and really building up um, the strength of this building. And we're actually serving almost 1,050 students this year. So we've had a oh, you, you, huge spike that, in enrollment like, hey, that's like, what is, That would be like an extra third. Right? You got yeah. third more kids? Yeah, we went from uh, almost, yeah, almost. Uh, we are a little over a third more kids this year, almost edging on half, 50% increase there. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Again, everybody, it's William D. Ford, like I'm sure the Ford family. Am I right? Ford family, right? Actually, no. Oh, Actually, wow. no. So, there you go. Uh, William, D., William D. Ford was actually a politician who had um, a strong history in um, workforce innovation. Um, wow. He really supported unions. Um, he really did a lot to promote um, uh, family safety in terms of 
if there was unemployment. So he was just very pro-worker, um, and he is from this area, obviously. So we get our name. But we are often confused because Ford Motor Company is truly just down the street. Um, their headquarters is about 15-minute drive from here. Well, he is not a Ford like a Henry Ford, the big H man. He's not one of those guys. From he is not. He um, and as wow. far as I could tell from history, you know, I did a little research myself when I came yeah. here. Um, as far as I could tell That's from cool. history, is they just happen to be two families with a Ford last name. I'll be done. So, you know, it's a, I've got to say this again: the William D. Ford Career Tech Center in in yeah. Westland, Michigan. Okay, is yeah. it has no relation whatsoever. This is key to Henry Ford. Okay, that you are right. the only Fords in the world. Okay, that are not related to Henry in in Michigan. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Okay, wow, I, that's I'm, pretty cool. I'm sure they were disappointed. Well, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they the, might be disappointed long term to not have been related to them. But um, but they I'm whoever pretty, is related cool. to William D. Ford has, there's you know he's a good role model to have had. I'm sure he sure is. He sure is. And you're also, and I don't know if this is the same building, you're director of the early middle college, okay, for the district. Yes. What, is that, what does that mean? What, what do you okay. do? Is that so in the early, same building? Yeah. yeah. Um, sort of. So um, early college is an opportunity for students to begin taking their coursework for um, an associate's degree in um, high school. Um, they stay with us for an extra year. Um, through Good. essentially a grade 13, even though we call it 12B. And when they then graduate, they graduate simultaneously with their associate's degree and their um, high school diploma at no cost to families. Um, we were able to completely incur the cost through, um, you know, state funding. Uh, so it's a really cool opportunity. This is actually our very first year running because as part of my very first year of work here, I did the state application so that wow. we could offer this opportunity to our kids. So this is our very first year. Um, we're currently right now um, in the planning stages on how to grow and expand um, to additional college partners, how to um, offer the opportunities to more of the students we serve. In the, um, but it's, been, it's really exciting to have the opportunity to kind of grow this from the ground up, especially because there's already so many models available in the nation on how to look at it. You know, we can really take the best from all the different models that we're looking at. So we're excited. You're, you're doing a hell of a job there. Were you born on Krypton and came to here to this planet <laughs> and, applied your, and applied your superpowers to the William D. Ford it's, Career Tech Center? This is amazing. Wow. Well, it's the beginning of this year when I brought back my team. I, w I said to them, I said, my kryptonite is complacency. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I basically am doing whatever I can to make sure that we grow and we move forward and we really bring the, bring the best programming to the kids that we serve here. Boy, that's great. You are, you are, you are a powerhouse. I've got to tell you, it's great to know you, Jacinda. I've got to tell you. Okay, and I'm curious. I'm going to ask you a little bit later about to define your, your attitude, your, what is career tech education, but I've got to ask you something ahead of that. Okay, you expanded okay. your student body by about a third. Okay, yet yeah. there is a serious challenge out there with finding teachers. Okay, and it's hard in, in TTE too. Okay, and how did you balance those two things? Were you able to find the teachers to handle that many more kids? How'd you do that? Well, uh, well, one yes and no. Um, so one, because our classes had been so small, I was running very small class sizes last year. Wow. And while that um, is 
sometimes nice to have a small class yeah, size. Um, they, you know, that was opportunities and open seats that kids weren't filling. So, um, so a lot of Great. this is just I have um, some I have some fuller classes this year and the classes class sizes that are closer to what they should be. So, so that um, is that was most of it. I did have to bring on um, 1.5 FTE and teacher. Well, actually, I really no. needed two point. I needed 2.5 FTE. I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I was able to bring on 1.5 FTE and teachers. And that allowed me to grow my welding program to double the size of that because that we had such a strong interest in the welding. Um, they should be. It's good money. Trade this year. They should be. Good money. Good money. They're smart kids. And, Them and um, plumbers. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. They, I think it's they great. definitely. So, so I brought and then I brought in a second point five FTE and EMT and firefighter because also a field that needs a lot of help and that program had was also doubling in size. So I oh. have more. So I, went, so I was able to take an existing teacher there and just bring him on full-time instead of part-time. I added a welding teacher. I did need an automotive, a second automotive service teacher this year, and I was not able to fill that role. And I actually wow. had to have challenging conversations with some students and counselors about um, needing students to pick a second spot. Well, and when you look, so, for, I'm, I'm some just of curious those about have, all this. Wait, when you look for a welding teacher, where do you look? How do you find that welding teacher? Well, Which, by the way, is a great profession. This is, this is when it's really important to rest on your network. One, it was really the nice thing for me was that I already had a welding teacher here, so I, we were able to really work from his network and you know reach out uh. to some people. But but I almost felt a little guilty because I was at a district, um, a regional level contact meeting and there were like three or four people that were like, I really need a welding teacher. And I'm diverting my eyes as I'm like, I have two. <laughs> but um, I didn't want to tell everybody I had two. Nah, 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 I, you I almost, don't worry about it. I felt a little spoiled at that point that I was able to get to, but it was really <laughs> using your network. So, like, I find myself networking in places that I would imagine most <laughs> high school principals don't because I'm like, oh, union meeting, sure, let's go. Um, or, hey, there's this opportunity. Well, I don't really know what that is, but I'm going to show up because, you know, it's all about reaching out. It's, because if I put a posting on our, our district website that says, hi, I need a computer science teacher, no, no one who works in computer science is thinking to look for that job on our, our on our website. Right. So I, I, you know, I'm putting that out into my network. So once I meet people, I really add them to my LinkedIn, and then I'll push out any postings that come, and people are like, hey, I know. And a lot of it is just truly word of mouth and really um, working hard to get people into those positions. Wow. Like, like a typical also, HR person. What, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And, but also, since a lot of them come from industry, they don't come from with that traditional education That's background. Right. So, um, so once they're here, I'm very blessed to have a role here called instructional coach. And she, her name's Amanda um, Laidlaw, and she has worked with me to create like an onboarding, like how do you scope and sequence curriculum? Oh, how do you do, set up a lesson great. plan? How do you set up your classroom? How do, you, how do you work with a lab? Really teaching um, our 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 new teachers how to work with students who are only 16 to 18. Because even if they had taught before, a lot of times they had adult learners 
which they're, you know, the motivation of an adult later learner is typically a little different than a 16-year-old. Yeah. And I, I want to ask this question. I'm just curious. How are these teachers, these folks that come from industry, and I, 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 I love the work they're doing and I appreciate it, et cetera, et cetera. How are they certified? Or are they? I don't know how that works. Yeah. In Michigan. Well, I'm able to but do something. But if you get a guy who's a welder, you know, he's going to go into a public school, okay, or a woman who's a welder, okay, how do you, are they certified or how does that work? I'm just curious. Yeah, so so some of them are certified. I was not able to find any that were certified last year, which is totally okay because in Michigan, yeah, in career technical education, we are able to do something called annual authorization. So if you have 4,000 hours of industry experience, which is really only about two years on the job, I can annually authorize you to teach. Well, there you go. I love it. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So and it, what it, better to bring so experience really, into these kids? I love it. You know, I mean, I think it's great. they have they have a knowledge and skill set that I need, sure um, and I can I can help them be a teacher. But I need their I cannot teach them welding. So um, they, I I I am excited that they're here, and I I'm think, happy to annually great. authorize. I want to I want to put a sign on my building if I ever need staff again that says, "Do you teach or do you know blah 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 field? You can teach here." <laughs> so yeah, that, no. um, because I think. Um, you know, right, we're in this huge migration of people really trying to figure out what the rest of their career really looks like, and I, um, and some of those people are looking to leave industry, and education might be attractive to them, but they don't even know that they can. Um, so I, I really think in the future, a big, big billboard or a big sign outside my building would help me. It would um, hurt a bit. I love it. Would help I, me I help me get. It teachers in some of those tougher roles. Right. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. I congratulate those people from the professions who have gone into education and helping kids with their expertise. I think, I think it's wonderful. What is your background? I mean, suddenly you find yourself going to union halls. All right. Are, are you a CTE teacher or are you, what, what are you? Jacinda. Okay. So I, I am actually not a certified CTE teacher. So there is, um, there is, uh, a little bit of interesting piece there. I actually I cool. started. Um, I actually started my career outside of education. I mean, worked in tech and in communications, um, and then a little bridge into social work. And then I decided, well, I want to be a teacher, but I didn't even know CTE existed. So I didn't know that I could take my skill sets and come and teach high schoolers to do that. So I went back to school, and I actually became a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> I taught kindergarten oh, no. for a couple of years. I know, you know, everything you need to learn about soft skills and employability skills really happens wow. in kindergarten. So it's actually a pretty good connection. But I was it only in that role for connection. a couple. It's a great. So I was only in that role for a couple of years because the district I was in needed a tech director, um, and their current tech director, who was retiring, came to me and said, "We think you'd be great." And I was, well, I've only been a teacher for a couple of years. Um, shouldn't I have to do that longer? And, you know, he really changed my mindset on, he's like, if there's a job that you want and it's something that might be in your career path, it may only come around one time in your career path. So, so apply and go for it. Um, so I got the job and it really did change the trajectory of my own career path because I did that for a few years. Then I had the opportunity to move to a regional level position as a tech director of not one tech campus, but four tech campuses. And oh that God. was where my real learning and love of CTE came about. 
because not only was I looking at information technology and instructional technology, I was looking at industry technology for the first time and how to implement. Um, so I had a lot of learning. I did that for about three years. Um, and then I stayed with the same group, but I moved into a more curriculum-focused role, um, uh, supporting our teachers in a lot of the work and implementing the curriculum on those industry technologies that I had learned and understood so well. And then um, did a little pivot where I explored K-12 career readiness um, as a consultant um, at a regional level, and now here I am wow. as a, a principal of my own tech center, which I absolutely love. What, what, a, great, what a great background. And, and I love the way, and whoever did all this, what you bring is not only expertise, but you bring a different set of eyes, okay, to everything you've done, okay, because everything kind of gets insular after a while. And you were a kindergarten teacher going into tech. And what you said about soft skills, okay, was so important because I remember doing an interview years ago with a gentleman in Ohio, and he said he his job was to help graduates, and I forget which district it was, somewhere in Ohio, find jobs. And he, he said to me, and I never forgot this, he said, most of the kids are hired for their ability to hard skills, but they are invariably fired because they are so bad in what we call soft skills, okay? And with your background, and tell that to your kids, it is so important for them to understand these skills are not soft, okay? They're life skills, they're communication skills, and respectfulness skills, Okay, and balance skills, and that's the kind of thing they need to be successful, whether they're a welder, a, a nurse practitioner, whatever they go into, okay, EMTs, whatever. You need those skills, and I think what you bring to the table is incredibly important. There you go. What do you think yeah. of that, Jessica? I think it's incredibly Absolutely. important. Absolutely. And so CTE is going through a big pivot, obviously, with the, um, you know, the 2017 Act of, that brought about strengthening the Perkins um, package mm -hmm. um, really has changed. It's unpacking in the state of Michigan under something called Core Path Career Pathways Grants. And what's really happening in that work is that the second year of CTE is supposed to be an unduplicated experience. So rather than coming and spending two years in a classroom here at um, William D. Ford, the second year it should really be almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. Like you, we gave you all the knowledge and the content and experiences. Your second year is a, really an opportunity for you to practice. So we're really working toward um, our goal long-term would be 100% of our year two students would be out in work-based learning experiences. Um, and what wonderful. I really love about that model is we're giving them a chance to practice employability and so coach them. So yeah. it's not like, hey, we gave you the knowledge, now go, good luck. Like that year, if they get fired, okay, we're still here to coach and teach and um, what happened oh. and process, and they, it gives this unduplicated year where work-based learning is going to become a big piece. It's going to be a place to really apply all of the, well, we told you responsibility. We told you assignments are due on time. Um, this, <laughs> right. this gives us right. a chance for them to make the mistake, and it's not failure is good. Ending. Failure is good. That's what that's, you yeah. learn from your mistakes, as the old cliche yeah. goes. So, uh, yeah. So failure, as we build into this, un and, yeah, and, and we, I'm going to ask we, you another question. We fail forward. 
I got to ask you another question. Okay, at your school, which I assume, what, what grades are there? How old are these 11th kids? 11th and 12th only. Yep. Okay, 11th, 11th and 12th. 12th and they're there by choice, right? Yes. Okay. And in fact, they, um, they, uh, the kids who are interested in coming have to work with their counselors from their sending schools, uh, their, our partner schools, to actually apply to come here. Um, not so much uh, from an exclusionary lens, but we do, we're actually creating an application process to support, to allow us to support all the kids who, who attend here. So like if they come with IEPs or 504s or if they are economically disadvantaged, we have supports in place before they get here to help them be successful when they're here. So our application process is more of a, a us information collecting about who's coming. Yeah. How, I have, this is my question. Okay, the kids are there by choice and they are learning a profession. All right, I'm not going to call it a trade. I'm going to call it a profession. Okay, how's the, is there a discipline challenge at your school? Are the kids, or are the, is a pretty well-behaved school? I have a feeling it's extremely well-behaved. What are your thoughts it's, on that? It's, it's extremely well-behaved. So last month, I only had one office discipline referral um, for the go. whole month of September. So we're building climate and culture. All these there kids are new, and we only had one. I mean, they're going to get a little more comfortable, and, you know, it'll go up a little. I think the most office discipline referrals I had in any month last year was six. Um, now, if you compare that to a comprehensive high school, there, most of them are going to be like, you only had six in an entire month, and that was my worst yeah, month. exactly. Um, and a lot of times the, yeah. the ODRs here are not typically for, like, malbehavior in class. It's unfortunately more often if you catch them, you know, using a vape uh, type device or something, you know. Uh, something that they're not making the connection to why this isn't a good choice. Um, and it's really important for that here because, you know, we don't necessarily know what are in those vape pens and it's a safety concern, especially if they're using, you know, something that might alter their ability to work. Um, I, I, we just can't have that. Like a welding torch as an example. Okay. So you got to be like careful. A welding torch. Yeah. You got to be careful. You have to be careful there. with, yeah. Lifts and auto welding. But, but I, this is the um, way they learn. I think yeah. it's wonderful. I think I think it's it's yeah. really wonderful. I hope they're they're doing working on your car for free, by the way, whenever it needs service. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I you know I really try. I have this value where um, I try not to um, yes. take advantage of my leadership Don't take role advantage. here. Advantage or the principal. No, but Not taking advantage. I, but I, I, but I definitely don't turn a blind eye when a, the occasional cookie shows up on my desk from our culinary classroom, or you know, if um, uh, you know, occasionally I take, I get a small benefit. <laughs> Good. I hope you do. You deserve it. Okay. And you're not taking advantage. All right. I'm, I'm curious about something else. You're pulling from 16 districts, and you heard me say at the beginning we're the consortium for equity in education. That's our parent company. And um, what about diversity? Okay, how are we doing gender-wise? How are we doing ethnically regarding your Latino kids, black kids, white kids, whatever the case may be? How, how, how's that look in, in, in your school, which is probably a pretty good example of what's going on in the world, I would imagine. Yeah, so, you know, pulling from 16 different districts has really made this yeah. in a, such a special place, especially with regard to, we'll start with ethnicity. Um, last year, my student body was about percent African-American, 40% Caucasian white, 
um, 10% Middle Eastern and 7% Hispanic and 3% Asian. So we had um, a, a nice mix of students here, um, really representative of, you know, the metro sure Detroit area. Um, sure. And what you really saw here were, you know, some kids asked some questions. They did some inquiry, um, especially if they noticed somebody who seemed very different from them. Um, they learned a little bit about religions. They learned just um, I saw like some of my classes had a, opportunities as they um, maybe practice like what a staff, you know, luncheon might look like in their classroom. They saw what types of foods different people brought in. So it really in that is just a unique space because people um, from all different races are coming here and they're all learning together. That's and good. It, That's great. And it, and it just seems to work. Now, with regard to gender, um, non-traditional by gender is actually one of the new um, Perkins subgroups categories where we're really starting to collect data. And um, we have some in innovative programming. Like overall, if you look at my programs, if it's a traditionally male program, it's still predominantly male. And if it's a traditionally hmm. female program, it's still traditionally female. So we have started some innovative programming because we have created some courses here. Like I'll give you an example. Um, health occupations traditionally has pulled female students because right, of nursing. Right. right. So that we Which created is ridiculous, a course. But right. I, I, you're absolutely right, but it's ridiculous that it's shaken out that way over the course of time. But go ahead. So we've created a sports right. medicine class. And our sports medicine class, as you can predict, has drawn a high number of male students. Um, and so they're learning the same curriculum. They're learning anatomy, physiology, body systems, um, how to treat and diagnose. They're learning all the same content. Um, it just is packaged a little bit different. Um, and, and so it is drawing, um, you know, students from non-traditional roles. Um, mm -hmm. Again, um, in fire, in our firefighter program, we've oh, sistered well. it with Great. an EMT program, and our EMT program is drawing some female students to the firefighter program. Um, so we have tried some innovative programming that way to take a, a poke at um, attracting students by gender, but also even just walking through my, my, um, my classrooms that are more normal, like a construction, HVAC, welding, auto, every single one of them has a higher representation of females this year and all my wow. traditionally female classes this year, um, all my traditionally female classes this year all have male students in them. Oh, um, that's great. I that also, is great. I've also, that is great. also in staffing, uh, staffing, we've been really diligent. Oh, yeah. So, for example, culinary is a traditionally male field for those high-level positions, um, and both of my chefs are female. Um, Good. So Excellent. we have non-traditional teachers in those roles yeah wow that that is just great and you know you you walk into any given auto body shop or auto repair shop and it's all guys okay and you're right there's no reason why females can't do this okay and i always kid about this one is that dental hygiene your hygienists are always female which i've never been able to understand okay why aren't guys getting into this and i'm thrilled to hear Okay, that 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 you've got this great mix, this growing mix. I'll put it that way. And you must be doing something right. Okay, it sounds to me well, like I you're doing a, a lot right. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just, it's just, a, just great. 
just great. I have a special populations coordinator, and she is really taking this on. Um, so right now, her um, um, she's been tasked with really creating opportunities that will keep our non-traditional students engaged and really looking at the pathway and where they might go. So she has a lot of events planned for our students, both male and female, um, to keep them engaged in the conversation. So they, if they're in a class that is, you know, 95% the other gender, they um, can be have opportunities where they see um, their gender um, in the um, in the field. So we're making sure they get experiences, field field based experiences that show them that they do belong. They do belong. And I have to ask this, you know, we are very short of, uh, I'm going to say quite simply, of plumbers, electricians, contractors, carpenters, that side of thing. That's right across the country. It's, it's always been hard to get a plumber. It's hard to get an electrician. It's hard to get everybody these days. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's great money in, in these incredibly good and very thoughtful professions. I mean, you got to understand STEM to understand plumbing. Let's be honest. Okay, you got to be pretty smart to put two pipes together, okay, and figure out how they work, all right? As you look at, at the needs of society, and this doesn't fall on your shoulders, just so that, but I'm just curious, and you can push kids into, into um, trades where they can, if I may call them trades, that, that, um, that they can actually really build an incredible career on. How does, how does that work? Do you, you talk to the kids and say, hey, the world needs plumbers. You want to make 135000 a year? Go, go become a plumber. How does that work? You know, if way, I had access to them. Plumber, and... So anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I had access to them in ninth or 10th grade, I might just say, hey, do you want to make a lot of money? But yeah. um, really, um, there actually is a process in place for that. Um, it's called education development planning, and it starts in seventh grade in the state of Michigan. And we we start, um, we, we really um, have our students explore what are their aptitudes, their interests, and have them really start to become and build familiarity with potential careers out there. And then as they move up in grades, they move from that building of um, awareness and exploration into coming to a career tech center or um, another type of learning, uh, perhaps in post-secondary. That really is preparation. Um, And hopefully if they've done, if they've been supported by their schools and their counselors, that awareness and exploration has gotten them to the right place where we can pick them up for those careers. We, um, we here uh, partner with all of our schools, obviously, um, because uh, it needs to be really concrete for the kids, especially in those you know, seventh and eighth grade. Um, the more concrete you can be, the better it is. So we provide opportunities for seventh and eighth graders to come here to tour, to visit, um, to do some hands-on activities. Wow. We, have them back, we have them back again in 10th grade. Um, and in 10th grade, they don't only tour, but they're allowed to pick two programs and come spend a day here, and they spend a half day learning with our right alongside our students wow. um, in one program, and then the afternoon they get another opportunity to try a different program on. So really making it concrete, what does it mean to have an experience here um, is key. And in, in, I guess nationally, not every kid's going to come to William D. Ford, um, but having giving them opportunities to have that kind of learning experience in their own space that they can see like, oh, that this is available to me here is super important. Um, but once they're here, it's really showing them what what are all the pathways based on the 
class you've picked, um, what what will take you straight to work? What do you what will bridge you to an apprenticeship? What what might need some technical training higher than you can get here? Um, what will maybe need you to go onto a traditional college pathway? Um, be, because all of my paths, all of my programs can take all of those all of those post secondary paths. <laughs> um, and uh, helping yeah. them figure out what is your goal, what does your life look like. You know, you've really got this nailed. I got to tell you, I hope the school recognizes how good a principal you are. Okay, I, I really mean that because you're really thinking this through for for all the kids. Okay, and really putting it into perspective for them, and you're out there hustling and, and building your population and making people understand how important this is. I really congratulate you, Jacinda. You're doing a hell of a good job. I got to tell you, my this staff is, is my staff is doing my staff is doing a really wonderful job. I'm sure that I thank you for saying that. And I'm sure they're all excellent. Okay. And uh, I don't want to take any credit away from them, but I'm talking to the boss. Okay. And the boss does matter. Okay. And you're leading, you're doing a good job in your role as leader. I, I really, I'm very, very impressed with what you're doing. Continued good fortune. By the, and, and by the way, did you guys have sports teams at all? Or is it just tech center? Are they good? They represent sports at their own schools. They well, you know what? This is the very first year William D. Ford is going to have our very first sports team. We are venturing into the world of East. <laughs> I've been learning a whole lot about it. I I was I was able to hire a new oh, game design and programming teacher early in my first year. And um um this teacher, um, they are absolutely phenomenal and they um, wanted to really bring some innovative programming that might attract students to the classroom of game design and programming. And so eSports came into the conversation, so we're going to wow. give it a try. Um, teacher's great. I, they, That's just great. Had, they, they just had their first practice last Friday. Um, and kids showed up on a Friday afternoon after school. I love it. I, uh, right. So we, we have our very first sports team. We do plan I, to I add a robotics a team in the future. That, that, that I, was one of the wait. best answers I had to a question for a long time. That was great, man. I tell you, it's super. I, I, mean, I, I, I want to add a robotics team and some other competitive groups, but I it. really am excited about this eSports because be. I don't know much about it, and I just know that for some reason it's inspiring some kids, and I'm learning about it from my teacher <laughs> and they are very patient with me as I understand, as I'm learning it, but um, I, but I, we have to figure out how to connect with the kids, and that means take risks and things that we maybe don't understand. This is a risk. You're doing exactly the right thing. I love that. That was one of the best answers. I hope you guys win a championship this year. That is just. I hope fantastic. we win a championship. I don't even know what that takes, but I hope. I don't so. know what it takes either, <laughs> but it's going to be really cool. It's a smart teacher who got you guys involved in this, and again. It just shows you hire the right people. You get things moving in the right direction. Jacinda, this was great. I, I can't thank you enough for being here today. And continued good luck. I hope everybody realizes that mutually how lucky you all, all, all are to have each other. Okay, thank you. Jacinda. Larry, thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome here anytime, and thank you very much for being here. Have a good day. Okay, thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Is she, she, wow. Is she incredible? Jacinda Sumara principal of William D. Ford Career Tech Center in Westland, Michigan, right outside of Detroit. Okay, and uh, wow, okay, that's Wayne Westland School Districts, okay? 
Unbelievable. Wow. Great stuff. I love it. That was a good one. Thank you, Amanda. Okay. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org where everything we do just happens to be. Check it all out. Thank you all. Have a good day. I'm Larry Jacobs.